gonna take you back to the past To play some shitty games that suck ass We'd rather have to start a band, Lyle. <laughs> oh, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, I, Lyle has made me realize I'm not the best singer in the world, but I couldn't help but throw out my singing chops there to do justice to one angry video game nerd. Welcome to tonight's episode of So To Speak. I'm Evan Mead. I'm Lyle Groninger. And we're gonna just yammer about angry video game nerd and the creator of it, James Rolfe, and I don't know if you can hear that, but Lyle's cracking open a cold one. Yeah, uh, I was trying to be discreet, but... <laughs> well, no, because it's appropriate, because... Uh, Nothing gets past you, Evan. <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh... I'm a very... I'm very... I'm very observant. But yeah, so, just like how Nerd cracked open a rolling rock, uh, we're gonna crack open a beer, and, uh, just yammer on about what this guy means to us, because he actually inspired us in more ways than one. Um, so let's talk about where James's story began. And I mean like where it really began. Uh, in his early life, um, I'm going off his Wikipedia, the Wikipedia page, by the way. James Rolfe was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on July 10th, 1980. So the guy's 40 years old and he started this shit when he was in his mid, when he was roughly our age, like in his mid twenties. Um, he was raised in South New Jersey. Didn't we do this show last week? <laughs> oh, the Jersey? Kevin, yeah. The Kevin Smith episode. What the yeah. hell is it up with being raised in Jersey that makes you want to be a filmmaker? I don't know. I guess you just gotta get out of the sticks. Go into the big leagues. Fair enough. Shit or get off the pot, they say. <laughs> or, uh... Or so does Randall. He says that, too. Yeah. Yes, yes. Moving on. So... Uh, his parents bought James Rolfe an audio recorder as a Christmas present sometime in the early to mid-1980s. Later, he got a camera and took photographs with friends performing fights for new projects. He was inspired by The Legend of Zelda and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to create adventure stories. Rolfe also illustrated comic books, which he updated monthly. One such comic, he created a plot inspired by The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. James Rolfe started filming shorts in 1989 and continued his hobby into the early 1990s. So, the guy wasn't even 10 when he started filmmaking. Yeah, it was a childhood passion of his. Oh, yeah. continued on throughout his life. Um, he used Mario Paint for a few of his early films. He eventually took classes for hand-drawn animation at a university. His early films did not have scripts or rehearsal. However, once he started writing scripts, his friends gradually lost interest because of the pressure... Of trying to remember their lines, which me which left many of Rolf's films unfinished. He then tried his hand at action figures or puppets. The plot of the giant movie director in 1994 involved toys coming to life. So he 
outed Toy Story by one year. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Um, so James Rolfe attended the University of Arts in... Where the fuck is the University of Arts? Oh, it's in Philadelphia. 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 Where he was raised, yeah. And, uh, and he has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. Well, so this guy uh, stayed in school. Yeah. You gotta hand it to him. Make some fine fucking art there. Yeah. Talking about buffalo shit. <laughs> Since his early years, Rolf has operated and ran an annual haunted house Halloween attraction out of his parents' garage. The same garage was later used in building a graveyard for his horror comedy film, The Deader the Better, and again used in his film series, Jersey Odysseys, The Legend of the Blue Hole, using a collection of several props and antiques that he later reused multiple times in his other films. And uh, that's kind of like his backstory. And um, Have you seen any of his shorts? Um, I'm kind of embarrassed to answer that. Uh, I've seen... Not really. I've seen The Dead or the Better. It was a pretty cute, like, zombie horror comedy that kind of had... It was, it was kind of similar to uh, Cemetery Man. Okay, now it's kind of coming back to me. Yeah, yeah now I... Yeah, I, I saw The Dead or the Better a long time ago. It's not really my thing, though. Like, his favorite genre is horror, and horror is, like, the genre of film I'm least interested and least versed in. Yeah, I guess we're not going to be talking about Monster Madness. Well, well um... Are we going to talk about his animations, or right now or well i'd like to kind of segue into what kind of got me into noticing his work and that was where what got a lot of people i think the flagship uh property that he's created as a filmmaker is the angry video game nerd and and, uh, i'm just gonna tell a story so uh after you know once he's in his early 20s and you know is making you know films at a steady pace and just you know feeling his uh feeling himself out in the film industry and just kind of you know dipping his toe into all kinds of waters um he makes a joke video about this nerd who depressingly reviews a game called castlevania 2 simon's quest and the twist is uh james rolf has said on record that he actually likes castlevania 2 and uh yeah, I, I just thought that's kind of interesting. But the video just is just a uh, play uh, video footage of of a guy playing Castlevania two, and the nerd just ranting about how this game is horrible. And then he did a sequel video uh, where he doesn't really review the game, but he rants about Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Oh God, the bane of his existence. And he films the sc- he does a screen capture the gameplay footage like he did with Simon's Quest he literally like films the TV like his shitty you know flickering TV from the 90s the highest quality content yeah the highest quality content he filmed himself playing the game and he talked over it so uh, not quite as much effort but you know the funniest part of that review is when you're just watching him like you know go into a drunken stupor sorta and uh, complain about this game. Now it is interesting that Rolling Rock did not and does not sponsor him to this day. Still, but yeah. Rolling Rock kind of stuck because in his first, the first time he ever drinks a beer in the Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde video, he just grabbed whatever was in the fridge, and Rolling Rock is what happened to be there. And so, as a result, Rolling Rock became like 
Rolling like Rock signature drink. Rolling Rock was to the nerd what Duff was to Homer Simpson. Yeah, uh, martini shaken, not stirred, to James Bond. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a certain level of quaintness to James' early early videos. Like it was it was before his stuff got like really really complex and more like uh, high budget, but uh, and before he got celebrity, before cameos. he got like huge. So it's kind of it's very humble beginnings. Yeah. Where he was just starting out and learning. Can you believe that he just did all that? He did the first two Angry Video Game Nerd videos as a joke. Can you believe that, yeah. Started, it basically made his life. And he did it. And what's cool is... Actually, no. You know what's interesting? What is so goddamn, thank you, ma'am, wham, bam, interesting, Evan? James... Sorry. James Rolfe started this shit before youtube was even a thing like before youtube even existed he those two videos i just talked about the simon's quest review and the uh dr jekyll mr hyde review he made those and just kept them on a vhs tape in 2004 and only showed them to friends and family but he just uploaded them for fun to youtube under the YouTube account James Nintendo Nerd because I've been following him since almost the beginning, so that's what his YouTube account used to be called back when he was the Nintendo Nerd. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. So he started off. So basically, in 2004, he makes the two videos, and then he records my VHS. And then when YouTube is invented in 2005, he kind of waits it out, and then he in, it, YouTube catches his eye and. In the spring of 2006, right when I'm just leaving great eighth grade that's i was 14 when he was doing this so as i'm leaving eighth grade and i I didn't even know youtube existed until i went to high school like a couple months later he uh he he makes these videos he uploads the videos from 2004 they're so popular that he has to make uh he has to bring the nerd back by popular demand basically so he makes a, a, a a game review of the karate kid then he does Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and then he does Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was one of the first reviews I ever saw by him. And uh, Back to the Future and Top Gun, and you know, Hold on, we can go through the list. Yeah, no, this, these, these are the, this is like the fir- what he calls season one of AVGN. Yeah. And uh, so, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that was your first uh, taste of the nerd. Well, actually. That was the fir- the first video I ever just dis- I ever stumbled upon of his was um, a, tra- a, tra- a teaser trailer for his review of the Spider-Man games that he did where he got Kyle Justin in a Spider-Man costume and the whole joke was Spider-Man goes out of character and gets all pissed off about just like, just to clarify Kyle Justin is the guy who wrote the angry video game nerd theme song yeah sorry I, I should have completely mentioned that no Kyle Justin we love you and uh, thank you for becoming a staple uh in your career sorry i gotta start that over thank you for you know making a highlight of your career one of the highlights of your career a song about feces and eating rotten assholes of dead animals you're it with beer you're a fucking trooper man (laughs) anyway so uh if i had to say what my first taste of the nerd was was probably because I just, I, I didn't start off with YouTube. I think I got YouTube around 2009. Like, I was, like, a really late bloomer with that kind of shit. But, like, the first video I specifically remember of James was the uh, Power Glove episode. 
I love the Power Glove. It's, it's so, so bad. bad. And I mean bad. bad. This thing is bad. Okay. Why do you need a glove? Actually, you know what? Allow Groninger does the best, is the only person I know of physically in the flesh that can do a on-spot imperson- on, spot impersonation of the angry video game nerd. So I'm going to let, if we ever have to quote the nerd, I'm going to leave you to do that. Alright, I don't have a good memory of everything he said, yeah. but... Why do you need a glove to play a game? What's wrong with this? Controller. I don't know. I thought a controller was okay. Because a lot of James's gags are visual, too, so we gotta yeah. keep that. So, well, it's a lot of alliteration. You discovered theory. YouTube in 2009? I guess because you're, yeah. you're younger than me, so that makes sense. Well, I lived sense. out in the country, too, and I had shit internet connections. Oh, so. that explains a that lot. That was a problem. Oh, God. Um, Those cable packages, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so... He started off with the AVGN. He started getting popular. He started building a huge fan base. He was... He was one of the early guys who started off huge with a character. And That's he was also kind of one of the first people to do reviews on YouTube. Yeah, because up until then, I mean, no one really was critiquing movies or video games, and then that spawned a whole whack of people who want to review media because they saw what James was doing, and he was a pioneer in the truest sense of a word. Channel awesome. <clears throat> Coming up next week. Seriously. Anyways, um, so I, I guess I just aside. Uh, what are uh, your top three favorite James videos, like uh, from the AVGN well, series? I'm just, actually going to spotlight them. I'm going to pick three videos that I'm going to pick three videos of his where he reviews ga- uh, three games. One was one of his classic reviews. The other one was uh, actually still a classic review. I think. And then, one was a game that he actually reviewed less than 18 months ago, as a matter of fact. But, it's a, I have played two of the three games that I'm about to talk about. Um, when he reviewed the Ninja Turtles game on NES, the first Ninja Turtles game on NES, um, I actually got really into it. And, I never, I played that game when I was five or six years old. And I never really saw that game as bad. I didn't know what differentiated a game, a good or a bad game at the time. So, to me, I was just kind of going through the motions. But, I gotta tell you, I had no clue how to play that game. All I did was just kind of slice enemies and I could never get past the first level. I died all the time. Like, I would lose all my turtles. And that's how I learned the turtles' names. Because, like, every time you die, that game would flash on the screen saying, Leonardo got caught, who fights next? Raphael got caught. Who fights next? Michelangelo got caught. Who fights next? Because Splinter would say that would appear on the screen every time one of your turtles runs out of health. Uh, Donatello got caught. Who fights next? So, because I died so many fucking times, that's how I learned the turtles' names. And uh, it was it was interesting to hear, see James just rip that game to shreds because, like, I remembered a lot of the stuff he's talking about is stuff I actually do remember. I actually kind of sort of remember, like, fighting uh, Rocksteady, or was it Bebop? Yeah, I think I remember getting past Rocksteady and then not getting any further in the game because that... Uh, the seaweed level? The seaweed, oh, the underwater, the swimming level where you have to swim through seaweed and deactivate bombs? Yeah, no, that's really fucking hard. And when he said, when James says, 
you need a lot of patience to get to this level. But how could you have patience when you're in a fucking hurry? Like, that was, like, the first time I was like, oh, my God, I actually felt that. Because as a six-year-old me, could never get past that level. Yeah, I think I played that game, and I thought it was ass. I revisited that game as a teenager, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is really hard. Also, once you do get past the first level, the game isn't that interesting until you get to the last level where you have to fight the Technodrome. And then it's ball-breaking hard. Uh, what about your other two? Okay, so... Uh, my next favorite game review that he did was Silver Surfer. Now, I'm te- I'm tempted to kind of check out Silver Surfer just to see how hard it is. Because I can see... James Rolfe, honestly, the nerd isn't that good of a gamer. Like, he's got very large and clumsy hands. No offense, James, if you're listening. But... Like, he he dies so often in a, in a game, and he dies at parts where, like, you wouldn't expect him to die. Maybe that's just because I have kind of more agile hands, and I'm a little, I'm slightly more focused. But, even, like, I'm not the best gamer in the world by any stretch of the imagination. Like, but, uh, unfortunately, like, yeah, no, he's got very large hands, so... Uh, he never gets too far in any of the games he plays, unless he, like, uses a game genie sometimes. So... When I see him play Silver Surfer, I kind of am tempted to kind of check that game out to see, like, how bad it is. And that's the beauty of Angry Video Game Nerd. He calls attention to these games, and people go play them just to see if they like them or not. Now, are there any video games he's reviewed that you actually like? Yeah, to be honest, I gave a few of them a try. I, I really kind of like Jaws on NES. That's a guilty pleasure of mine. I should know, because you play that every time we crank up the NES Yeah, it's a quick, in our apartment. It's a quick game. It can be in 10 minutes. It's a little grindy, but so are most games nowadays. So, And I, it has like a satisfying end screen that I like to listen to. That's no exaggeration, folks. You literally can beat the Jaws game in 10 fucking minutes. Yeah, or less, depending on how good you are. Um... I remember, uh, I also tried Fester's Quest. Oh, how is that? It's not bad. Like, it kind of plays like a like a version of Blaster Master, which is one yeah. of the first NES games I ever had. Yeah. It's not terrible. I beat it. It can be a little It can be a little tricky sometimes. I think if you just know what you're doing with the items and stuff, if you know what, like, where to go, it's yeah. definitely a game I'd recommend with a walkthrough, like, a, like most NES games, but, like... I, I had a little bit of fun with Fester's Quest. I felt good after being that one. Yeah. I also tried Mylon's Secret Castle. That game was frustrating as hell. Yeah. Which is surprising because it looks so cute. And then I also remember uh, I did try out Castlevania 2 and I didn't like it. And I think that was more based on what James was telling me about the game. Yeah. And just shit like that. So <laughs> One of my favorite uh, lines in the Silver Surfer ge- review is when he says... What I say before, this game's not bad. Well, no. Oh, no. This game's not bad. It's fucking horrible. And I dare you to play it. Yo, I, I want to play it now. Like, seriously. I want to see if I can get past, like, any of those levels that he was complaining about. Okay, so the third game that uh, he reviewed that I have played. I haven't played Silver Surfer, but I have played this game. It took him, like, 19 years, but he reviewed Majora's Mask. I guess he mm-hmm. wanted to wait for it to be nostalgic. Because if he reviewed it in, like, his heyday in 2007, 2008, or 2009, it would have been too soon. Because that game... in two, When he got started in 2006, Majora's Mask was a young game. It was only six years old. So, yeah. he took some time. He, 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 he got to feel out the Zelda community. 
and Majora's Mask is it started out as the black sheep of the Zelda fandom, but it grew to be like, you know, the bizarre mutant child that everyone grows to love of the Zelda child. And because, Lyle, you have an affinity for weird imagery and bizarre atmospheres in movies and video games, I'm like, you have to play Majora's Mask. And when you watch, I t- I begged you to watch his review, and you did, thank God. And then I begged you to play the game. But unfortunately, you did not grow up with a Nintendo 64. You grew up with a PlayStation 1. PlayStation I grew- 2. A PlayStation 2, sorry. PS1. I grew up with an, a Nintendo 64, and... Majora's Mask is one of those games that kind of holds a special place in my heart with the music, the the atmosphere, and the characters. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried playing it with my girlfriend, and I got kind of frustrated after a while because James does bring a lot of good points into how like, he really does like he how po- awkward the controls feel and how it's kind of a dated game. But there's there's enough ideas that, that that certainly make it worth playing through. I'm just thankful my girlfriend beat the game for me, and I just kind of sat and watched. <laughs> some games you just want to watch you want to watch them not play them it's you know there's a theory how do you feel about this like it was fucking doug walker that said in his review of the wizard that it's more fun to watch to, to play video games than watch pe- people play video games i have mixed feelings on that sentiment because sometimes like i do get a kick of watching people play games rather than just playing them myself uh, I don't know why that is. Um, maybe it's... Well, be- I mean, look at the Let's Player community. There's, yeah. There's an audience out there. Twitch, is, Twitch exists for a fucking reason. People like to watch people either be really good or really shitty at video games. Yeah. Um, That's the way it's always been. Oh, I, I'm not... This isn't an official pick, but... Um, you remember how in his review of Dragon's Lair... Uh, he says this game is this game is like a cruel joke you can pull on your friends. Like, hey, you want to play a game? Here you go, you fuckers. And I actually, you had you had a an NES emulator pack game. Yeah, and you had me play that. And thing. I'm like, hey, you want well, you want to check out Dragon's Lair just for shits and giggles? Yeah, I, I, I hate that first stage. <laughs> it's broken. It doesn't want to play. It's so horrible. I did try. A, I remember I played a Bugs Bunny uh, Crazy Castle. Crazy I, Castle's not bad. I actually kind of like that game. I, I mean, I, I took the, the controller for a minute and I played that. Crazy Castle actually is pretty hard. No, I, so, beat, I beat the game, too. Oh, wow. I was like, yay. Um, so it's, it's nice when I can beat Talk about game. your three picks that you picked for nerd reviews. Yeah, yeah I, I got one. Um, yeah, it's just nice when I beat a game that James played because it's like, yeah, I'm on the same level as the nerd now. Yeah. Awesome. I, I had that experience. I also remember yeah, you ha- on the same NES emulator pack, the... Uh, this is what beer beer is kind of making me a little loopy. <laughs> oh man, I need to finish that one quick. Oh yeah. Um, um so I might even get another one too. Oh, um, shit. But um so basically, do you remember when uh, I you I we saw that your emulator had Back to the Future on it and we played yeah. it and I the thing that made me la- that makes me laugh about uh, that game is not the gameplay itself. The gameplay actually doesn't even look that hard. Uh. It's the fucking music. <laughs> It's, it sounds just like the movie, right? Yeah, everything just feels like the fucking movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So if I had to pick my three favorite episodes, I love his review of Action Fifty Two. Yeah. It's like a thirty-minute just breakdown of what happens when you give a bunch of college kid designers like 
free reign to make the most basic, generic, crummy games on the NES. Isn't that where, like, half of them are space games? Yeah, most of them are shooter games. Most of them aren't well-programmed. Aren't they? Aren't a lot of them just... Whenever, and like some they, of them don't even fucking work. And like, weren't they like Space Invader knockoffs? A lot. Yeah, of them? none of the games were all that original, yeah. except for Cheetah Men, which uh, also sucked. <laughs> I love the reaction he has. He's playing a game called Meong. He, it's like some stupid trial and error game. He goes, boop, 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 <laughs> and James just stand a guy. This is my favorite reaction from. He just goes, what the fuck? You're a split. You're a square going through other squares, yeah. trying not to blow up. Yeah. Fuck this game. <laughs> and that's the whole review. He's just playing a bunch of shitty generic games. And um, the second one, I'll pick. Oh, I really loved his review of the Home Alone games. I like. I like the f the one he did with the Home Alone two at the end, where it's like, all my life, all my life, I've been playing shitty fucking games, as I hate shitty fucking Wait, games. Wait, is, is that I the game? Was that the shitty Christmas special where he collaborates with Captain S and he can't swear in that video? No, he was with Handsome Tom. That oh, was a, that was the one before the Shaq Fu review. Oh, um, he's like, I hate shitty fucking games. I hate shitty fucking Christmas because shitty fucking Christmas means more shitty fucking oh, games. Is that the Christmas? Ah, come on, that's the Christmas. Ah. That's the Christmas Carol parody. Christmas, Christmas Carol parody of the Home Alone two game. But like, when he came back and did more Home Alone games, I don't know how, but he managed to get Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> In his review, oh. and I smiled like a bastard when I saw the two of them together. That was so so awesome. Because like Macaulay Culkin, he was kind of going through a renaissance like a few years ago, where he would just show up inexplicably in like YouTube channels. Like the most notable one for me was like Red Letter Media. He yeah. collaborated a lot with those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, YouTubers reached an age where they can now get celebrities to star in their videos. Well, they practically are celebrities at this point. Well, I mean, Macaulay Culkin was one of the biggest child stars of the '80s and '90s, so yeah, he's not too busy these days. Yeah. But I'm glad he's at least looking better uh, and doing better. One of the funniest celebrities. Now that we're slightly like off topic, but we're talking about celebrity cameos. Talk about uh, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried, like. Oh, that's disgusting. You call this disgusting? Coming from the guy who talks about buffalo shits in his basement? Oh! <laughs> Only at fucko land! I can't take it anymore! Ah. I was the parrot from Aladdin! I was the boy from Aladdin! He <laughs> can't... God bless you, Gilbert Gottfried. That's, that's, the, that's the episode that introduced me to Cameo. Oh, yeah? Where you can go on a website and pay some C-list, D-list celebrity, like, a truckload of money to make this really impersonal iPhone video for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and he also, what other celebrities? He also had uh, Lloyd Kaufman for the, the Toxic Avengers uh, episode. Oh, yeah? And, um... Uh, I'm trying to think of another The one. Toxic Avenger is one of my favorite musicals of all time. It is really good. Toxic Avenger. I think that's a musical. I've seen it. I've seen... Oh, I saw it live. Never mind. But, yeah. Okay. I, I saw it live on a Danforth Theater production many years ago. But, yeah. Oh, maybe, well, maybe they did make a musical. Hard yeah. to say. Anyways, um, so I really liked the Macaulay Culkin episode. I think my favorite episode, Evan picked a game where he reviewed a good game, so I'd say his uh, Spotlight on Earthbound, which is one of the most underrated games I think I've ever seen. I don't think enough people talk about it. 
it has a huge fan base, but I don't think enough people have actually seen it. And uh, I was curious about the game, and it's not easy to get your hands on. It's worth like three thousand, three hundred to like over a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's pretty expensive. So to see him play through the game and enjoy all the idiosyncra- all, all the idiosyncrasies and the unique like worlds and uh, game mechanics, like I, I I was very entranced. And throughout the entire video, I was thinking, man. The guys who made Stranger Things should like make a TV show or a Netflix show about this or something. That'd be great. You're a filmmaker. Do it your fucking self. <laughs> uh, make an Earthbound game. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, no, seriously, do it. I- I'd pay to see it. There's not enough uh, call for it. But anyways, um, you never know. Uh, yeah, Earthbound is great, and I love how James was like spotlighting a game that not too many people heard of. Elsa has one of my favorite James moments. He's like, you know, I heard people turn this game down. It was so expensive. Because the game manual was put inside the box, and thus it had an oversized box. <laughs> Your mom has an oversized box! <laughs> oh, God. So those are our three. Um, should we uh, descend into his debut? What? Which debut? The He's Angry got- Video Game Nerd Movie. Well, before that, like uh, it's worth mentioning that this, he this he is a, no he is a, he is a cinephile oh, by yeah. nature, and whenever he reviews a, a game that's based off of a movie, he incorporates quotes from the movie and will even like ha- mimic scenes from the movie. The first time he did this was the Friday the Thirteenth Halloween special. Oh, that was a good episode. I also like the Nightmare on Elm Street one, the Halloween. You're one, a fucking nerd. The Texas you Massacre. You want to play some Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? <laughs> or do you want to play my game, bitch? This guy is horrible. He's saying he just sleep. This guy is horrible. Yeah. Um, this game is my fucking nightmare. And anyway, so, um, yeah. he did review... He actually tried to branch out into something called Angry Movie Nerd, where, as the nerd, he reviewed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, and because that that review actually got taken down from YouTube for violating the content usage rules, where, you know, too excessive swearing, yeah. that's when it clued into him that, oh shit, my videos are going to be all deleted from YouTube eventually because I swear a fuck of a lot. So I'm going to migrate over to ScrewAttack.com and GameTrailers.com. So for a long time, that's where you could go to watch, for a couple years, you had to go to GameTrailers.com to watch the latest nerd review. Yeah, and ScrewAttack.com as well. Yeah. yeah. But I remember watching the... Uh, the Ninja Turtles 3 review and just being real... I actually... It made me want to go back to watch the Turtles trilogy over again because I saw the Turtles trilogy when I was at a friend's house when I was really young, but I didn't really remember it too well. And ha- seeing those him talk about those movies again made me want to go back and watch it. Um, same thing for when he did the Batathon. This isn't related to ABGN, but in the summer of 2000... Basically, he has Cinemassacre, where he talks about a lot of like movies from his, his childhood and beyond. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. Like, as a filmmaker, Cinemassacre is his brand label. It's his website. Yeah. It's his website, it's his brand label. And, like, every October, he would always do... Uh... Uh, Cinemassacre's Monster Madness. But as the actual... 31 days of movie He didn't really get... The angry movie nerd shtick didn't really stick. But in his... As the nerd, he reviewed Ninja Turtles 3. 
He did review... He incorporated a review of The Wizard into his Super Mario Bros. 3 review. Oh god, I have so many memories of playing the first level of that after school with my babysitter. And just remember the the, the last part of the first world being on the, the big ship. That was really intense. And you have to fight the first little Koopa kid. Good, good memories, good memories. But, uh, yeah, no, he incorporated a review of the, uh, of the wizard into that, into his Super Mario Brothers 3 review. And, uh, he also reviewed, he took a dare from he who will be talked about next week, uh, to review a shitty spoof movie called Ricky 1. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing there wasn't a Ricky 2. Oh, thank God there's no Ricky 2! Um, so, yeah, you, you kind of branched off. And I'm kind of thankful that a lot of his movie reviews, he's not playing a character. Yeah. I find, a, I find a lot of movie reviews back in the day where it was like a gimmicky character who would spout off lines and be all wacky. Can we just talk character. about that next week? Well, we're going to, but I always think that stuff has aged so poorly. But just to hear James talk about his opinions is kind of nice. And he has a new series now. Well, it's not that new, but he started this thing called Rental Reviews. Just kind of like Cinemasker is like half in the bag. It's him and a couple friends chatting up about movies. And it's nice. It's not really... I don't pay much attention to it. I'm more into the AVGN stuff. He also I, did a Let's Play. He does Let's Plays with Mike, uh, Mike Matei, who's his like uh, his, co-founder. His also, he's the art. He draws all the title cards. The thumb, thumbnails, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's called uh, James and Mike Mondays, and he just uh, does Let's Plays. I don't yeah. think he does those that much anymore. He did... Uh, he also, him and Mike did a uh, a little like side project called Board James, where they Board re- James is really good. Yeah, where they review old board games from the eighties and nineties, and it almost has it has like a unraveling plot thread that grows over time. You know what else has an unraveling? What what you wouldn't expect to have an unraveling plot thread? Uh, the you know what's bullshit series. You know what's bullshit. You know what's bullshit. And then he he just complains about random things. Cream cheese on bagels. Oh, one of his first videos he ever did in that series was about pennies. And on the day... In 2013, the Canadian government actually abolished pennies and phased them out. I posted that video on my Facebook feed saying, Because Canada said... To hell with pennies. Here's a little video complaining about. We have advanced as a society. <laughs> Not in the United States. They, they still have pennies. Yeah, they're sorry, they're about seven us. years behind us. Oh man. Yeah, they haven't phased out their yeah. pennies. So it's nice to kind of talk about some of his side projects. Um, also, he had a lot of he had quite a few animations too. He had like the the monkey cheese series, <laughs> and uh, monkey fucking cheese. And then uh, we can't monkey forget cheese. <laughs> Monkey fucking cheese. Oh, we can't forget. Mm, we pickle, can't. Pickle, pickle, we pickle, we cannot forget. Mm, shit pickle. Yeah. Shit pickle. Shit pickle. Shit pickle. Shit pickle. He had the weirdest ca- random cameo uh, in the Master Chew review. Yeah, James likes to play with shit. I guess. Remember the well, he Odyssey, did. He literally the said, Odyssey review. He has like a piece of shit with his head on it. Oh god, uh, he literally <laughs> says, "I've had more fun playing with dog turds." So yeah, I, I gotta say this: like James's humor is pretty like juvenile. It's disgusting. Scat- scatological. I mean, like it's disgusting, but like it's fine. I mean, it's, well, it's his stuff. It, by the way, um, every single uh, every other YouTuber like back then would also delve into the same like. The, like Tourette's the, guy? No, the pinnacle 
of complaining about media in the mid-2000s on YouTube was saying, What a piece of shit! This game's a piece of shit. This movie's a piece of shit. This comic's a piece of shit. This person's a piece of shit. Like, compare it to poo, and that's... All, you Comparing mm. something to feces equals comedy. Mm, that, is, that is some tasty criticism right there. Yeah. Um, um, so, should we move on to... The, yeah, uh, uh, you want to talk about Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie. Yeah. He actually had this in the works for a long fucking time. Yeah. And I remember reading blog posts about it from him as early as fall 2009. So, it took him like three or four years to actually get to camera on that thing. And then when it did come, it was a big fucking deal. Yeah. And then we saw the movie, and we, honest to God, thought it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a little disappointed, but it was nice to see James get his Kickstarter funds. Uh, we got his like oh project underway. Got some names. I love it because that is a crowdfunding legend. That's a crowdfunding success story, and there aren't too many of those in this yeah, industry. The only one I can think of, the only other one I can think of is like Super Troopers 2 or something like that. You actually are a crowdfunding, we're a crowdfunding success story because the latest movie we just worked on yep. uh, was a crowdfunding success story. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I only saw it once. Um, I don't remember much about it. I know he's, for a guy who calls himself the angry video game nerd, James isn't really that angry throughout most of it. Well, I actually wanted to ask you, what's the angriest you've ever seen him in a review? Where, like... Uh, I would probably say Dick Tracy. I was gonna... You took the words right Dick out of my Tracy's mouth. Dick Tracy's like, he's playing this fucking shit game where you have to do the whole thing without dying or game over. There's no continues. No continues. Like, why are there no continues? Why are there no continues? Why? And then he grabs the fucking pillow and like... Argh! That's one of the nah. that's one of the few times he, where I actually was like, "Are you okay? Are you okay, James? Yeah, I don't think you are. I think you need to take a break." Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's definitely. I'm glad we both agree on that. Um, well, I mean, like the, the angry going back to the angry video game near movie, the production value is actually extremely admirable. Like for the budget he had and the resources he had, like he made a fucking movie. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's better than a lot of other YouTube movies out there, like Fred the Movie, or the Smosh Movie. Or um, Whitest Kids You Know, yeah. Miss March. Yeah, well, at least that feels like less... At least it feels like a movie. It's well, not they, a good... It's just a shitty movie. They but. got Hugh Hefner and Craig Robinson, and... Yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, there's not too much to say about the... Do you think James has kind of gotten less angry over the years? I mean... I would say yes, and I would say no. Well, he is a dad, and he is a married... He's a dad now, yeah. He's a dad, uh, and he is a married man. Uh, So, he doesn't have... In a way, he has more time on his hands than he did, because when he first started making nerd reviews, I remember there was a time where he could only crank out one every couple of weeks, then they went from once one video every couple of weeks to one video a week, and then he took a break, and then... Like, his Cinemasker brand label has just been cranking out something yeah, he on a weekly basis I, I guess, uh, for over ten years. He doesn't he doesn't upload on a regular basis all that much. Like, an AVGN video, maybe one or two will come out a month. Well, they take, them, they take a long-ass time well, to make. Well, now they do, yeah. He's putting a hell of a lot of effort. Also, he wasn't being paid. He, he People started paying him to make those videos, so he could quit his full-time job and, and just make YouTubing his career. Man, ain't that the dream. 
Indeed. I wish I could do that. We'll get there someday. You will get there someday. But yeah, no, the whole idea with, you know, being a YouTuber, with, he kind of was like the original, like, YouTuber's dream come true, where you just, someone comes along, pays you to make content, and they sponsor you, and then, you know, uh, the rest is history. Yeah, I gotta say, like, for such an early YouTuber, a guy who started in, like, the mid, the, like, the late 2000s, James's content has held up remarkably well. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of guys around that time, like Ray William Johnson or Shane Dawson or, like... Irate um, Gamer. I don't know, Nisian stuff. Like, they, they, they kind of fell away. Yeah, they Or, really like, did. embarrassed themselves or stuff like that and just kind of became, like, a shameful reminder. Uh, but then it's, like, with him, with James, he's always had, like, a very, very humble personality. And I always appreciated that. About oh, him. yeah. It's amazing. He's a, the fact that he's able to stay pretty far away from most YouTube drama, especially nowadays, is astounding. Oh God! I guess that's our segue to a few things that uh, he's gotten in trouble for. Yeah, pretty minor in the long run, but it's worth it didn't like dera- it didn't cancel him or it didn't derail his career by any means. Like, well, he's a huge Ghostbusters fan, and when the new movie in 2016 came out. He, he went on record saying, I'm not going to see it, not because I am I don't think they should be played by women, I think that's fine, but because it's not, it doesn't do any justice to the to the, the source material. And then, the the main, the media kind of took to the whole, this is what a man-child in his basement sounds like when they complain about Ghostbusters. James wasn't one of those angry commenters in this comment section of the trailer, writing nasty incel shit about women. Yeah. Or like, just, like, and he was just, like, doing what most of us Also, said. it's worth mentioning that his wife is, uh, very, very woke, quote-unquote. I was gonna say, because, like, in the AVGN movie, she asked James, like, can you put a, a lady character and a, a black character in the movie and not you have your friends? put two lady characters, McButter and that yeah, girl. Yeah, the villain. Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, can you have, like, can you not have it be such a sausage fest and James kind of had to comply? Um, but, um, then I'm thinking, like, about the Ghostbusters thing, yeah, he wasn't even, like, all that angry or anything. And then... He is very rational, and, then and he just did what we most of us Patton said. fucking Oswald tried yeah. to pick a fight with Patton him. Patton Oswald commented down below and <laughs> made a tweet. I think he later deleted the tweet. I think his wife passed away around that time, so... Yeah, he... He wasn't in the best of strides, yeah. so... Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't know Patton Oswald lost his wife at the yeah, time. Yeah, around that time. Um... Yeah, that was probably the biggest debacle he had. And overall, like, he didn't really face a lot of consequences for it. Mostly everyone was on his side. That's kind of... Well... Because all he said was, I don't want to see a movie. Well, and then the movie got completely panned and it bombed and... Yes, and nobody gives a shit, so... And even the most progressive... Some of the most progressive people I know are like, yeah, it's not... I like the fact that the female Ghostbusters, but it's not funny. Yeah. That's the most acceptable criticism anyone can have. Yeah. Another another thing he had was a lot of imitators. Oh, the God. most egregious one being the irate gamer. I remember he he reviewed Jaws years before AVGN reviewed it. Hi, I'm Chris Boris, and I just want to say this game is a shitload of crap. When I'm playing the game, I never understand why the hell it's so difficult. I mean, come on, what the fuck's going on here? Oh my God. I want to play the game and win. You know, it's not it's not like the game is bad. It's just horrible. Jeez, as a matter who of, said that? As a matter of fact, it is a shitload of fuck. Who the fuck said that? What a load of crap. 
Yeah, um, <laughs> Chris Bors. <laughs> well, what the fuck happened to him? He's still out there, actually. He's not... I, I think he's still doing reviews. He does other things. He reviews, like, 80s culture and yeah. stuff. He's still making content. He actually collaborated with James not too, too long ago. Seriously? And, yeah, <laughs> it was almost... Well, because back in the day, like, James didn't have anything positive to say about him. No. I remember James was at a con, and people asked about Irie Gamer, and James, like dissed him in the most like passive aggressive way possible yeah he was just like he doesn't acknowledge me so i want to acknowledge him or something along those lines yeah yeah and then speaking of feuds there was a feud between him and doug walker the nostalgia critic i feel like we're gonna have to get into Whose idea was that? Because I feel like it was it was that guy at the time. It was that guy with the glasses. dot com's idea because they saw how popular James Rolf at Cinemasker was, and they kind of wanted to branch that do a crossover. And the nerd was relatively new. This was two thousand eight, and the, the 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 nostalgia critic became active a year after James started uploading to YouTube. So, yeah, well, I mean, it's not really a feud per se. It's all an act. And yeah, well, the the whole shtick was the nostalgia critic and the angry video game nerd don't like each other, and they create this stupid series of events where they dare each other to review content, and then they have this big fucking fight. And it was funny as hell to see James and him fight in his basement, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Smashing people in boxes. Well, me got to hand it to Doug, because he, he drove from Chicago to Philadelphia to do all that. So, But, hey, when you're getting paid to make videos... Gotta make content. Yeah. Right. I'd love to do a road trip like that. You know, Chicago to Philadelphia, just, you know... That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Road, tri- road trips are fun. Road trips are fun. I wish we could do more of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I guess that kind of leads into next week's episode of our next, next week. We will delve into, uh, the not so awesome here history of channel. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, stay tuned. We will remember it. So you don't have to. Thank you for tuning into tonight's kind of dis oddly disjointed discussion about james rolf but yeah but i would say he's one of my there favorite. is actually one he's one of my favorite before YouTubers. we go i want to say something about james is what james work did for me um so when i was in the summer between grade nine and grade ten i in between you know the job i was working and time off i would spend whole nights on uh, YouTube, just watching James's content, hearing him talk about games, hearing him talk about movies. I must have watched his his Ninja Turtles review like three times a week because I enjoyed like his insights on how to talk about movies, and it kind of inspired me to you know watch movies and play games with a more critical eye, and just you know look for flaws. Of course, there was a lot more to it than just his perspective. But, um, I feel like, you know, his understanding of movies and the way he talked about them kind of inspired the way I talk about movies today. So I just want to give a shout out to that before we kind of wrap this up. Well, it's interesting because while James inspired your uh, views on movies, uh, as he did as well with me, he actually kind of expanded my view on like retro gaming and collecting. Oh, I myself have quite a collection of NES games and Super Nintendo and N64. 
And uh, he uh, kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the fun you can have with really old game systems and kind of the joys of the 8-bit era. Yeah. Not that that's the only thing he ever covered, but uh, I have a, I have a good authority to say he was the one who got me into that kind of hobby, so I have to thank him for that because it's, it's been quite a ride. Yeah. It has been really fun. Uh, thank you, James, and the Angry Video Game Nerd for inspiring us. Thank you uh, for listening, and good night. That's all, fucks.